Hey y'all, get under the covers and get comfortable because we're about to get intimate. No, not that kind of intimate, but close. Did you know that three of the most intimate conversations we can have are sex, mental health, and finances? Probably didn't expect that last one, did you? Financial challenges are actually one of the leading causes of divorce and stress today. A big reason? We don't talk about it. At least not thoroughly, anyhow. That's where I come in. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Marie, a certified wealth coach, best-selling author, and the creator of Bedroom Talks. Get Financially Intimate a podcast focused on bringing awareness to the importance of financial intimacy and enticing openness to get real in a judgment-free zone. Together, we're going to cover a multitude of financial topics so you can leap toward financial freedom with confidence. Are you ready? Grab your wine or whatever drink you prefer and let's unrobe this topic. Hello. And welcome back to another episode of Bedroom Talks, where we get financially intimate. Last episode, we said good riddance to analysis paralysis and all the things that no longer serve us value, including ineffective goals, or at least the unhelpful habits and mindsets around goal setting. So the best approach to accomplishing goals is one, having a healthy mindset and a healthy way to visualize and approach your goal setting. The other approach, the other method to helping this be successful is your framework or structure that you utilize. Goal setting can be done in so many different ways. And if you hold your friend group, your coworkers, your family, anything like that, I can guarantee you there's gonna be three to five different ways that people are approaching their goal setting. One of the reasons for this touches on a bit of what I talked about last episode, and that is that we are all built differently. One person may be a visual learner where somebody else might just be able to hear things and move on. Some people need to go more in depth and others might just be able to stick with a word and that's all they need. Understand what your learning style is 
and what motivates you most. I'd like to invite you to take a moment to think about that because I have a number of different techniques that I want to share with you today. And not all of them are going to be beneficial for you. So as you consider which way you learn and which way you motivate, you're motivated and I'm sharing these techniques with you. If one of them sounds like, no, that's too much, or I'm not really moved by that, it's okay. It's totally okay. Take note of the ones that you are interested in or intrigued by and consider utilizing those to help with your goals, not only for 2023, but your financial goals as well, which we will get to some examples of solid financial goals before the end of this episode. So when it comes to setting goals, we often believe that willpower and inspiration alone are going to help us to be successful. However, when we add a goal setting technique on top of willpower and inspiration, this actually helps us to achieve our goals more than anything else. If you look at statistics, if you look at the majority of people, not only around you, but even, you know, famous people, if you look at history, most people don't just go off of willpower and inspiration. They have something else driving them. They have a plan. They have a framework. They have something that they do that keeps them on track. And when we have one of these things in place and the thing that makes most sense for us, we are more likely to accomplish what we set out to accomplish. One of the quotes that I really love about goal setting isn't necessarily thought of all the time about goal setting, but I love it for goal setting because it's a perfect visual representation of exactly what to do. So this quote is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And it says, we aim above the mark to meet the mark. We aim above the mark to meet the mark. Ralph Waldo Emerson. What I love about this is it reminds me of when I was in the military and we would go to the range and the goal was to fire 
and hit center mass on the target. I even remember when I was in high school and we did archery. It was a very similar process. When you're aiming at the target, your goal is center mass, but you're not aiming at center mass. You're actually aiming slightly above center mass. The reason for this is because as the bullet or as the arrow comes out, it goes up slightly and then comes back down. It's a process of as the further away the target is, the more likely it is to not just go up slightly, but also come back down. And this happens with goal setting. This happens when we start to try to accomplish a task or work towards something. We start off with all this momentum. We start off with willpower and inspiration and determination. And we say, We're, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Start going up and then something starts to happen or you get into the routine and you start to come back down a little bit. So if you want to reach a target goal, it is best to aim slightly above that target goal. That is the foundation of a solid goal setting technique. Okay. Now there are different ways that you can do that. One of the ways which is more popular and I personally have used many times is the SMART goals method. SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. They help you focus your efforts on certain aspects of the goal. Okay. The specific, you want to make sure that you clearly define and clarify your goal. Measurable, you have to be able to give some sort of measurement to it, okay? You want to reorganize your closets. Okay, great. When do you wanna do that by? Okay, so specific, you wanna reorganize your closets. Measurable by next month. Achievable. 
do you have the flexibility in your schedule to be able to reorganize your closets by next month? Realistic. Well, let's let's go a little bit deeper here. How many closets are we talking about? Are we talking about all the closets in the house? Just the closets in the bedroom? And depending on the answer, is it realistic that you would be able to accomplish that next by next month? And time bound, which is for this particular example, it actually correlates to the by next month. You can even say the measurable can even factor in the how many closets okay different examples will look slightly different and i actually have some examples of financial goals using the smart goals concept that i'm going to share a little bit later and i don't want to share that yet because i want to get through the rest of these examples okay another example and and think about this as we're going through these techniques not all of these are going to stand out to you, and that's okay. The ones that you're like, oh, I really like that, focus on that one. And there might be two of them, but you don't have to focus on all of these techniques. There is hard goals. Hard stands for heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult, heartfelt. If you want to learn a new skill, imagine the pride of having the new skill. Then connect that pride with the goal and use that emotion as your motivation for learning. Animated, visualize what achieving your goal would look like. Incorporate every sense that you can imagine what it would sound, feel, smell, or even taste like, so you can remember that feeling every time you think about your goal. Required. If possible, connect your goal to something that's necessary for you. For example, if you want to improve your research skills, volunteer to create a report for your team. This obligation can motivate you to keep working on your goal. Difficult. Set a goal that challenges you. By doing this, you feel accomplished when you complete it. Don't make it too difficult. Just make it challenging. The next method is WHOOP goals. WHOOP stands for Wish, Outcome, Obstacle, and Plan. Wish, make sure it's exciting. Something that you really desire, outcome. Imagine the best possible result of achieving your goal. Obstacle, consider what might prevent you from accomplishing this or slow you down. And plan, find solutions to any obstacles that might interfere with your goal. All right. OKR goals. OKR stands for Objectives and Key Results. This 
type of goal is common among management who want to set goals and may affect the entire company. This particular one that I'm talking about may be more for work-related goals. You could utilize this in regard to financial goal setting in the sense that you can look at yourself as the manager for your household and what you do with your finances affects the whole family. So what are your key objective or your objectives and your key results for your financial health for your entire family? Okay. The next one is micro goals. This one, I can tell you that I love doing this in fitness. Micro goals is rather than setting one large goal, you're setting multiple smaller goals that will help you in achieving the overarching goal. Okay. So when I was in the military, I used to run two miles. That was our requirement was to run two miles. And I did not like running at all. I still to this day do not like running but it was a requirement. So I knew the overarching goal was two miles. And in order for me to get through that two miles of running, I would look for landmarks, whether it be a tree or a pole or something throughout that two miles that I would tell myself, okay, get to that tree, get to that pole. When I got there, I found, immediately found another one. Let's get to this one. Let's get to this one. Let's get to this one. When I am doing tasks throughout the day, I start off with my to-do list that has all of my things that I'd like to accomplish throughout the day. And those are all my overall goal is to feel like I moved the needle. I'm going to use a statement that my business coach slash mentor slash friend uses, which is moving the needle every day. In order for me to move the needle that day, I need, I would like to accomplish this, 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 and this. So I start off with my day like that. And in order for me to feel like I did that and actually move the needle, I will focus on one task at a time. And as I get one done, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, like, here's where I'm at. And, you know, this one's next. And if I can do this at this time, then that'll move me closer and I'll be able to complete this stuff all, you know, today and not feel like I'm overwhelmed or that there's going to be too much to do tomorrow. Okay. Real minor example. This is also something you can do with your financial goals. Maybe you want to be debt free. Okay. Well, that's a big overarching goal a way to utilize micro goals for debt payoff or your debt-free journey 
is to utilize the snowball method, okay? If you haven't heard of the snowball method, we will talk about that soon, I promise. Backwards goals. The type of back, this, this type of goal setting techniques involves using your goal to help you decide what steps you can, that can help you reach your goal. I actually utilized this also in the military in regard to planning. And it's literally called backwards planning. So you're like, okay, let's think about wedding planning. I'm planning a wedding, I'm not planning a wedding, but if I was planning a wedding, I'm, I'm gonna get married in a year, okay? Or, or whoever it is is gonna get married in a year, okay? What do I need to do within that year? I need to start from 12 months from now and make sure I understand what I need to do each month and come all the way back to right now. Is there enough time for me to be able to get all of those things done within that 12 months in order to meet the goal of the date that was set for the wedding? I don't know why I thought about weddings, but anyways, maybe you're planning a wedding. Hope that was helpful. <laughs> Values-based goals. Goals may be easier to achieve if they align with values that are important to you. Okay. They're not might be more important. They are going to be more achievable if they align with your values. If you do not value working out every day if that is not your forte to be one of those people that works out every single day attempting to accomplish that just because you feel like it would be something cool to do isn't necessarily going to be motivating okay <laughs> Everything that we do in our lives, everything that we do throughout our day should be attached to things that we are passionate about, things that we, are, that we value, things that are going to help us to have more joy and peace and happiness. When our goals are aligned with those things, then we are more likely to achieve them. And quite honestly, I would say that no matter what other method you choose, it's possible to incorporate the values-based aspect into those other techniques. But there is a way to focus specifically on values-based goals. For example, if you keep arriving late to work, but you consider responsibility as an important value and setting a goal of arriving on time can remind you that doing this is essential, okay? If you want to be responsible and show others that responsibility is valuable, that may motivate you to accomplish this goal. 
All right. The next one is Locke and Latham's five principles of goal setting. Clarity, set clear goals that you can measure and understand. Challenge, make sure your goal requires effort to complete it. Commitment, find a goal that you want to accomplish. The more committed you are to achieving that goal, the more likely you are to complete it. Feedback. Check on your goal regularly and provide yourself ongoing feedback. You can even ask somebody else to help you with this. I have an accountability partner and I talk with her regularly and, you know, discuss my goals and discuss the things that I'm working toward and how I'm doing with that. Task complexity. Complexity. Be sure your goal isn't completely beyond your ability to complete it. You can see that the Locke and Latham's five principles of goal setting correlates a lot to the SMART goals techniques. There's a few slight differences, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. These last two techniques are also ones that I have utilized and still continue to utilize in conjunction with, say, the SMART goals, right? This one, my business coach slash mentor slash friend has utilized herself the last couple of years and discussed it with myself and a few other people. And I've really appreciated the way that she does it. So I've started to incorporate it in, in conjunction with what I do as a method to keep me motivated towards an overarching goal at the end of the year. And this one is called One Word Goals. It emphasizes simplicity. Finding a word that describes your goals and use that as your motivation. It's simple. It's very simple. This year, my word is growth. So everything that I do this year is going to be aimed towards growth in every area of my life. All my other goals that I set, the specifics that I set, the times that I set, all of that is going to be in relation to growth as the ultimate outcome for this year. The last technique is visual goals. This one is probably the one that I love the most because as I shared earlier, I'm a very visual person. When I can visualize a thing, I can see it being possible. Okay, this actually reminds me of Habakkuk 2 and 2 where it states to write the vision and make it plain. When you write something down or put pictures to it, you're visualizing it, you're making it plain, making it known, and you're seeing it regularly. The key to that is actually posting it somewhere you're going to see it regularly. When you visualize, you can actually see your goals and they're not just in your 
memory that provides more of a depth and motivation. Now, I got, I get it. Some people are not focused on the visuals. You don't need the visuals to motivate you, and that's okay. There's a lot of us that are. So if you are somebody that is more of a visual person, doing, say, a vision board or something like that would be so beneficial. I actually did this when I began my journey after I came through all of the junk, all of the the stuff that I had went through with the house and, you know, being in the food bank and things of that nature. When I started trying to figure things out financially, I was like, okay, here's where I am and here's where I want to be. And I sat down with a friend of mine and I was like, I need to find a really good way to help me fully visualize this to keep myself fully motivated. So I came up with this concept of five areas that I was focused on paying off. I had a medical bill. I had a, uh, an older cell phone bill. I had um, a vacation that I wanted to take my son on. I had my car that I, at the time that I was paying on and something else, I can't remember what it was specifically. And she helped me. I'm not, I don't draw very well, but she does. So she drew out these symbols for me. One was a car, one was like a Band-Aid. One was, it was Legoland I wanted to take my son to. So she drew out a little Lego person and a, a cell phone thing. And I put little blocks on all of them. And as I continued to pay towards those items, I would color in a block to where eventually I had all of the block colored in. As I colored a block in, I felt excited. I felt motivated. I saw myself paying off the debt and getting closer to my goal. Every single colored block represented a step that I took towards my goal, and that motivated me. So how do we incorporate this into our finances? How do we set good financial goals? Like, what are financial goals? This is a question that I get often where people are, they, they want to accomplish some things with their finances. And sometimes they're like, I don't really know for sure. I just know I don't want to have debt anymore. Or I want to have more savings. It's important to first understand that there are different ranges. There's short-term, there's mid-term, and there's long-term. Okay, your short-term is, I would say, within one to two years. Your long-term would possibly be 10 years or more, and anything between that would be your mid-term goals. Okay, the time frames of when you want to accomplish these things. Now, utilizing the smart 
goals concept, I have four examples of goal of good financial goals that you can focus on. Okay. There, these might need to be tweaked depending on your situation, but these hit every single mark of the SMART goal, the specific, measurable, achievable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Okay. So let's think about this one, emergency fund. Do you have an emergency fund? Emergency fund is $1,000 to start and it helps you to basically take care of an emergency that is, you know, within $1,000 cost so that you don't have to go figure it out from your budget or put it on credit, okay? For a lot of people, it's possible to complete this in three months. Maybe you need to push that out a little bit longer. But the example that I have is to build a $1,000 emergency fund within three months. Another example is paying off all debt except house and student loans within three years. Again, depending on how much debt there is, this might need to be pushed out a little bit longer. Save $20,000 for a house down payment in less than five years. and save $5,000 for a vacation within one year. Where you're at in your current situation will determine the timeframes for these. But every single one of these has an ultimate goal of this is what I want, here's how much, and here is the timeframe. So I want you to, I'm going to encourage you to think about where you are with your finances right now, where you would like to be at the end of this year, at the end of 2023. Is it having an emergency fund? Is it paying down your debt? Maybe you just want to pay down a certain amount of your debt or a certain number of the items that are in your debt snowball. Maybe you're focused on buying a house and you want to have a certain amount saved by the, the end of this year that will help you to be closer to that uh, needed down payment for a home that you might not purchase this year. Or maybe you want to take your family on a vacation. Maybe, maybe you're tired of putting Christmas on credit. And you want to start saving now so that you don't have to do that. So consider how much it will cost for Christmas 2023 and start 
saving now, but what you want to do is, so we're halfway through January, so February through, say, October, how much would you need to save every month in order to meet that goal? So if it's $1,000 to take care of Christmas for the whole family and you're starting in February and you're ending in October, that's essentially $100 a month to save specifically for your Christmas fund. That's it. $100 a month and it will make sure that you will not have Christmas on credit. If you have your if you're going to be spending less than that, it's even less to save each month. So, but the ultimate goal is, you know, $1,000 towards Christmas by October. And so I have to save $100 a month between February and October in order to meet that mark. Ultimately, I want you to exceed. I want you to succeed. I want to see you accomplish your goals and have more joy and peace in your life. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that there is at least one of these techniques that really stood out to you. And in fact, I'd love to hear which one you enjoyed most. Which one do you think motivated you the most? And I'd love to hear how you're going to incorporate that. So if you would, if you enjoyed this and you have some feedback, go ahead and comment on whatever platform you're listening to this. Comment the method that stood out to you the most. And... If you'd like how you plan to incorporate that, go ahead and hit the like button and give me a follow as well if you're enjoying these episodes. I thank you for being here. I thank you for listening. And next episode, we are going to talk about different ways to dominate in your cash flow, which should actually help you with your goals, with accomplishing your goals. So stay tuned for that and I'll talk to y'all soon.